The Artist Talk Series is presented to you by Pulpo Gallery. Visit pulpogallery.com to learn more. Welcome to Pulpo Gallery's Artist Talk Series. I'm very happy to have as a guest today Gregory de la Hava. Uh, hello, Gregory. Good to Hello. see you. How are you? Good, thank you. My name is Katharina Zeifang from Bulbo Gallery and um, I'm really looking forward to learn more about Gregory's piece in my back, um, which is part of the group show Thinking Out Loud at Bulbo Gallery in Mono. Welcome, Gregory. Thank so, you for having me, Katharina. Thank you, thank you. So Gregory and Purple Gallery have quite a relationship and um, we met Gregory first as a curator, uh, but we are really proud and happy to have Gregory here at Purple Gallery as an artist. And uh, he gave that masterpiece in my back to the group show, Thinking Out Loud, and I'd love to talk a bit about the piece, the art, and Gregory as an artist. So you live in New York, Gregory, and you are in your studio right now, I guess. Uh, no, actually, I'm in my office here inside my house. Uh, my studio is in the backyard. I have a beautiful studio out back. Um, and the piece behind you is called Natalie White as Agnes Day. Agnes Dei, the Latin for Lamb of God. Uh, and Natalie White was discovered by Peter Beard, the late photographer who was a mentor of mine and a great inspiration to me. Um, he discovered Natalie in Bungalow 8 in New York City, one of the nightclubs. And as soon as he started photographing her, many artists and photographers started using her as their muse. She is a natural. Um, she is, I actually just had lunch with her yesterday. Um, she's a dear friend. And um, I met her back in 2012. Um, she was interested in doing a uh, collaboration with me and wanted me to curate her show, which was called Who Shot Natalie White at Rocks Gallery. And it opened in 2013. And Many of the artists in the show are famous and well-known, such as Peter Beard, Will Cotton, the painter, Raphael Mazzucco, the photographer, uh, John Lennon's son, Sean Lennon, uh, photographed her, uh, many other great artists. Um, and so our relationship began back then, and we remained friends, and I too uh, used Natalie as a muse, as a model. Natalie White, uh, the muse on the painting, uh, she's an artist herself and you met her at a, one of her exhibitions, correct? Yes, um, well I met her in New York through a mutual friend and um, at first I just thought she was the muse of many great artists and another artist that she worked for was George Kondo mm -hmm. and one of his highest selling paintings at auction was a 10-foot painting of Natalie White. Um, but yes, she is an artist. Uh, her focus is on feminism and, and women's rights. And um, 
she actually did a beautiful series. Her latest work was created during the pandemic and she was up in Cape Cod and uh, the only thing she had available were basically bed sheets to paint on and um, Clorox and bleach to use because the art stores were closed. And so she created this amazing work uh, that kind of looks like a tie-dye element to it, um, but it's a little bit more um, sharper and uh, focused on design than just a, a, you know, a haphazard array of, uh, you know, patterns. Um, mm -hmm. But she, she's a wonderful artist and a wonderful person and she's represented by freight and volume here in New York City. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like a colleague for you, an inspiration, a muse. And here we have her on the, on the painting, but maybe just as a symbol for every woman. Yes, she, she's, she's definitely a force and a powerful, beautiful soul. Um, I've always been interested in the human figure to express and convey my narrative and my feelings and uh, my objectives in art. And this piece here focuses on how we view woman. Um, and here you can say she's seen as just a piece of meat on, on the table. Yeah. And, yep. And... Um, it's so far from uh, what I feel personally, how we view women, but I feel like in the age, especially of social media and Instagram, um, it's gotta be the hardest thing on the planet to be a young girl today. Um, they're always being objectified uh, and just, you know, it, it's, a, so it's appalling trying to, to um, always view yourself as this sex object. And so I always try to put some humanity and emotion inside of the painting and, and maybe the convey the sadness of what it's actually like to be this person who is constantly looked at only for her outward appearance, uh, her physicality. Okay. Oh, wow. Thank you so much for the explanation. Because when I had the first look at that piece, I saw a victim. And when I had talks to guests here at the gallery, we always talked about, is that the view of the artist? So is the way she looks, the way Gregory de la Hava, the artist, has on the muse. But now I understand you right that it's not your view on Natalie, but it's the view you see of the society or of people having Person. on those. And it's your way to like, yeah, to accuse maybe that view. Is that right? Precisely. I, my objective as a painter is to make commentary on the here and now. And um, this is precisely that viewpoint of, of how many women, including my dear friend, Natalie White, might feel um, and how many young women on social media might feel. And, um, you know, there's just some horrifying st 
statistics of late, um, just how many young girls are committing suicide today. And we don't talk about that. More girls are committing suicide than are dying of COVID. And it's fucking outrageous. And um, I don't know what the answer is, but yeah. uh, definitely have to have the discussion about it. Okay. Oh, wow. Thank you. That's really, that's a good insight into the artwork. And um, do you have something uh, to say about the symbolism? Because we see here, uh, beside the female figure, we see a wolf, a fur of a mm -hmm. wolf. We see paint brushes and paint and um, also a horn, which is a symbol you use more often. I saw it in other paintings as well. Yeah. That's my symbol, my unique symbol mm -hmm. of uh, male masculinity, um, of, of the power of, of man. Uh, but there it is just useless on the table, uh, just as you know, the, the sheeps in wolf clothing, so to speak. And uh, it's the hide of the wolf. But these are all just a, a more accoutrement in the painting than any uh, sought after symbolism. Mm -hmm. However, there's always that subconscious that's always working when you are in the moment, when you're in the Zen. Mm -hmm. And you just you, you take the elements that are around you, that you, you use, that you live with, to create your art. And so it becomes more personal than maybe you uh, originally wished to project. Okay, okay, good, thank you. And uh, one, one very interesting detail about the painting is that when we talked uh, about logistics, I said, can we unstretch? And then you said, no, we cannot unstretch because it's on wood. And I said, oh, wow, yeah. So you work in the tradition of the old masters. The piece is on wood panel. Um, you use oil paint. Um, what's the influence of the old masters and the technique? Because you do like a transition of the old master technique into contemporary art, which is, yeah, quite unique, yeah. I would say. Yeah, and uh, that transition continues. Um, it's, it's always a battle of where to um, forget the old and bring in the new. Um, but I spent a lifetime uh, in my youth learning the tricks and the trades of the old masters, you know, how to mix paint properly, how to, you know, uh, turn form and uh, paint wet into wet and, you know, draw with the darks and whatnot. Um, but my earliest influence were the old masters, no doubt, from, you know, Caravaggio with the Chiriascuro to Velasquez, mm -hmm. who blurred lines, uh, incredibly. And um, I also feel that he was able to do such a great job because he had an eye issue. He had, um, what do you call that? Uh, like a stigma in the eye there mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. made him see not so clearly. Um, and so he was, he constantly uh, was able to create this, this uh, beautiful effect in paint. And um, for years, I was always told 
that Las Meninas, the great painter by Velas uh, great painting by Velasquez in uh, the Prado Museum was the greatest painting ever created. And when you see a production of it in a book, you, you don't understand why. You can understand the composition, the placement, okay, it's interesting, and the, the reflection in the mirror. But until you stand in front of that painting in person, it was the first time, I was 19, 20 years old, and it was the first time in my life where I truly fell in love with the medium of oil paint just because it was oil paint on a canvas. And it was absolutely amazing. Like it was almost like flickers of light across this, the weave of the, of the linen. Okay. And okay. I've been hooked ever since. <laughs> okay. No, that, that does absolutely. And that makes even more sense when we talk about that very person, personal issue you have on that, on that panel. Uh, that you try to put it also in that very detailed and emotional way down like the old masters did. But uh, in your oeuvre, it's not the only technique you use. We also know uh, like street art elements or I, I won't say graffiti, but you use techniques of street art and uh, spraying techniques uh, also in some artwork. So we have that one from 2014. And then I saw recently, I saw some of your paintings. So uh, in a more yeah contemporary technique, I would say. So is, that, uh, is there a red line or do you use different uh, materials for different um, types of artworks? Yeah, when I was, after I had finished my studies in Boston and I was learning painting privately from a gentleman named Paul Ingbertson, who was mm -hmm. and is still one of the greatest painters I've ever encountered. His ability to man manipulate form and uh, depth on canvas is phenomenal. Um, when I came back to New York and I started being the painter, you know, on my own in my own studio and finding my way in my voice, I realized one day when I was at the National Gallery in DC that I saw this Rothko painting that you don't need the human figure to convey emotion. He did it in three colors. Yeah. And it was, it was a wake up call because for so many years in my youth, it was just the old master way or no way. Uh, I never even looked at an abstract expressionist until my late 20s. And um, so with such a wake-up call, you begin to look at things differently in life. And you, you look at where you come from differently and you uh, question it more. Um, and I was with Peter Beard one day in Montauk. And um, he looked at my work and it was like pretty art school stuff, don't you think, Gregory? And of course I felt like this big and he opened up my eyes to something that I never saw previously, that there's more than one approach to going after things in life. Mm -hmm. And from that moment on, I really just began to participate and be an active participant in the New York art world like I never was before. I began mm -hmm. curating, I began writing, and I began documenting uh, much of the street art that is in New York City, particularly the doors 
where many of the street artists and graffiti artists slap stickers on mm -hmm. and tag and bomb. And uh, these doors to me are symbols of the energy of the urban environment, if not the urban blight. Mm -hmm. And um, so I've been documenting these doors. I've been influenced by all this graffiti artist. One artist, his name was Lance de los Reyes. Yeah. Uh, who passed away last month. And this was his font here. And uh, the memorial was on Sunday. And, you know, he, he had such a unique way of writing. His words were cryptic and poetic. And uh, I'm happy to say I just got word that one of the first shows of the new year at Vito Schnabel's gallery is gonna be a Lance de los Reyes show. Mm -hmm. I know Lance would be out of his mind. Uh, beyond yeah, uh, yeah. you know that this is happening so uh it, it's very gratifying to see that this street artist who he was everywhere in new york city you you couldn't drive any road without seeing on a giant billboard his his uh style of of art and so you got your influence from that uh, from those artists yeah so my, my new work, my latest work, is a combination of all this vibrant street energy and street artists uh, along with the old masters. It's a, it's a beautiful blend of yeah. two visions and two styles and two different contrasting viewpoints of the world that I'm blending now into one. Yeah, and that's... Um... My impression is that it's a wonderful and unique way how you combine New York as a place where art happens and um, the influence of that, yeah, of that um, vibra vibrations into your art. So. Yeah. I see that, and there I also see the connections uh, with your writing because you are a brilliant writer. And um, yeah, sometimes I ask myself, do artists have to decide or if they are the painter or writer or, and um, I see in your person that it's sometimes it's good to be both. Yeah, because yep. you combine that. Exactly. And you either can be both or you can't. Yeah. And, you know, um, when I was young, I read a book on Picasso and I saw that he did ceramics, he did sculpture, he did painting, and he also did um, uh, the backdrop for theater, you know. And yeah. uh, so I saw that this man was everything. And so I wanted to be everything as well. And why not? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Firing so, and yeah, do it. Next next point on your list would be more paintings or more yeah. writing. Yeah, what's the focus no, no, no. for? I'm, I'm in the painting zone yeah. more than yeah. ever now. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. that's very good to hear because we are curious to hear about what's coming next and to see what's, what's coming next. Wonderful, lovely. So, as the year comes to an end, my most favorite question to all my guests is, what are your New Year's resolutions? So, do you have any? 
just to keep my head down and keep painting up a storm. Uh, I'm, I'm in the zone right now and I love what I'm doing. Yeah. And uh, those closest around me love what I'm doing. And so I just know I'm on the right track. And uh, there's gonna be a lot of shows in the new year and a lot of good things are happening. And so I just gotta stay focused. Wonderful, wonderful. Thanks. Very good. That's a very good New Year's uh, resolution, especially because it's like you have a chance to fulfill it, you know. That's, I, I yeah. know it's gonna happen. <laughs> wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, yep. Gregory. Thank you for helping us to understand that beautiful painting to introduce us to Natalie White and uh, your friends in, in the US and to bring some of the new New York vibrations to Murnau. Thank you very much, Gregory. Danke, Katharina. Have a wonderful day and guten Tag. Guten Tag. Bye, Gregory. Thank you. The Artist Talk series was presented to you by Pulpo Gallery. Thank you for listening.